Hallelujah. How many came expecting a good word from the Lord today? Well, there's nothing like His presence, is there? We need His presence to receive so we can open up our hearts and receive the Word of God so it can transform our life. Amen. Well, I'm so glad to see everybody. You guys made it through the rain. Hallelujah. I tell you, that's just so funny to say. Just through my phone. That's so funny to say because in the Midwest, like we came to church in 12 inches of snow and sleet on the ground. You know, but Arizona, we shut down for rain, don't we? Like everything slows down. Anyway, so good to see you guys. God is doing amazing things, isn't he? I just hope that you have a heart of expectancy and excitement. And I hope today that as I teach the word of God that it just really challenges you and motivates us for the great things that God has in store. Because I promise you no matter what things look like right now, God is doing something better. Amen. God is doing something bigger because we serve a great God, don't we? So hopefully today this word's going to encourage you and provoke you. And you know, our church, we declared a word this year that it's the year of Jubilee. And Jubilee is debt cancellation. Jubilee is new beginnings. Whatever the devil stole from you, he's got to repay seven times. Hallelujah. How many is ready for some payback? Yes, I'm ready for some payback, and I've been, I've been speaking that to the Lord. And so as I was putting this new series together, uh, the next four weeks, I put a series called In God We Trust. And I really feel like in this season of the miracles that are about to happen, I believe that we're going to meet the supernatural. I think God's about to do an outpouring like we've never seen before on this earth. I don't care what it looks like in the natural, God is moving, and he's preparing his church, isn't he? He's preparing us and building our faith. And so a part of that God really put in my heart to challenge you um, in this season to put our trust in God. Because this is going to be a season of really trusting God. And when you get this revelation and when you get this back to the anchor of your soul, nothing that the enemy throws at you can move you. How many would like not to be moved? Sometimes we feel like, you know, that tree in the wind is like, Lord Jesus, what's going on now? I have a huge palm tree behind me at my house, and that thing can bend like nothing, but it never breaks, right? And so you may be bending, and there may be some circumstances. You may be like the matrix, like, whoa, dodging things that, you know, the enemy's trying to throw at you, but God is on your side. But what we have to do is put our trust in God. So I'm going to ask you a question this morning, and this is just between you and the Lord, can you trust God? Can you trust God? You know, even as a pastor, you know, you know, I've always said this, that we're, pastors are anointed to preach the word, but we have to walk it just like you guys do. And so even in my journey with Christ over the last 32 years and my relationship with him, I've had to lean on the Lord and trust him for things that I didn't understand what he was doing. Have you ever just been walking through a dark hallway going, God, where are you taking me? And that's the season I believe that we're in. But in this time of trusting, we need to have an obedient heart to what God is speaking in this season. Because I truly believe that what God is saying over you, if we will obey him in these things that we're wondering what he's doing, on the other side of your obedience is a miracle. 
I truly believe that. I believe we walk in grace and sometimes we just stumble into blessings. But I believe there's some things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts, things that we should be doing, things that we shouldn't be doing. And I'm not here to tell you what they are. I could give you a long list, but it's not my relationship with Jesus, right? It's yours. So what is God speaking to you in this season that we simply need to trust him and obey even when it's really uncomfortable? How many know it's easier to say you trust Jesus than to really trust him. It's a big difference, isn't it? There's so many things in the world that we can feel uneasy about by looking at what we see, isn't there? It's the upset in the world, the economy, the political division like we've never seen before, racial tension like we've never seen before. There's so many things that are aggravating in the world today. You know, the Bible says that in the last days, there's going to be many offenses. And boy, I thought maybe 20 years ago, yeah, people are offended, but I've never seen nothing like it today, have you? There's a spirit of offense here on earth. And what is it? What is it? It's assignment of the enemy to divide the body of Christ and distract us. There is a distraction, a noise of the world today that is trying to get us to look out here. And God's saying, uh-uh-uh, I want you to look at me. I want you to hear what I'm asking of you in this season. And what I'm asking you to do is simply obey. And it may be something small and it may be something big. God is building his church right now. And so maybe God's speaking that it's time to plug in and find a place to serve. Right? It's time maybe God is challenging your heart to be faithful with the tithes and with the offerings. Or maybe someone's an anointed for generosity to help build the kingdom of God. How many know it takes generosity to build the kingdom of God? Now, I'm not saying that because I'm looking for anything. I'm just trying to say whatever God is speaking in the still, small voice of your heart, we have to respond in obedience. Well, we don't have to, but we should. Because God's grace is sufficient. Even if you say no and God says yes and you say no and God says yes a little louder and you still say no, it's okay. God loves you. He'll never forsake you, but you may not see the a miracle of God. You may not see God perform himself in a way that you wouldn't see if you didn't obey him. Isn't that amazing? So I'm going to take you through that through scripture today. But we can't get in this what if. Well, what if I believe God for this miracle and I get disappointed again? What if I'm believing for my marriage and that person lets me down again, rejects me again? What if I open up my heart to spiritual leadership and, and, and pastors and I've had pastors hurt me and, and betray me and now you want me to submit to a church again? What if, right? But what happens with all these what ifs is it produces fear in our heart instead of seeing, hearing what God has to say and trust him and do what he simply asked us to do. Because God knows that if he's asking you to forgive, then he's going to be there with you on the other side of forgiveness. If God is asking you to stay planted and serve, God's grace is going to be with you on the other side of staying planted and serve, amen, or in your generosity or whatever it is. But you may be wringing your hands and saying, am I ever going to get married? You know, single people, like, I got to go get a man of God. I got to find a man of God. And we want men of God for the women, amen. But I got to listen to God. I don't go chasing the man. I listen to God. Amen. I'm not going to worry about COVID. I'm not going to get in fear about what's happening in the world. I want to listen to God because there's many things we can be worried about. But God wants us to put our trust in him. I believe that every one of us want to trust God, don't we? We do. But sometimes we wonder, how can I trust God who I can't see? Sometimes when God requires something of us, we don't even hear God after he tells us to do something. 
Do you know sometimes he'll speak after you obey? He's like, I gave you A, and I won't give you B till you do A. <laughs> and sometimes we want A, B, C, D, E, F, G. God, show me the whole picture. Give me a little something, and then I'll obey you. And that's not trusting God. In this season, God's asking you to trust him in the things that you can't see. Because guess what? You can see the economy struggling. You can see your marriage is struggling. You can see finances are hard. This is what you can see, and God's asking you to see what you can't see. Amen. And put our trust. Because sometimes there's things that we believe God for and he didn't do it. Church got quiet in first service too, so don't feel bad. Because you're like, did she really say that? Yes. There's things we believe God for and he didn't do it. And guess what? He could have did it. He could have done it, right? God could have performed that miracle. God could have saved your child when you wanted to. But we don't understand the timing of God. And so we get frustrated and we get discouraged because God didn't do what we were asking him to do the way we wanted it to do it or in the timing that we wanted him to do it. But God has a reason for the time frame of the miracle to come in your life. And that's why if God said it, I'm going to trust him no matter what it looks like. And I'm not going to look at my circumstances, but I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus and the promise. Amen. Elizabeth, and I don't want to take a lot of time. I did a, a Bible study for a group of ladies um, a couple days ago. And Elizabeth in scripture wanted a child for many, many years. Her and her husband prayed and prayed. And you know what the Bible said about them? They were good, righteous people. Have you ever felt like when something didn't happen for you, like, God, what am I doing wrong? What am I not doing right? Like we take this blame of like, oh, it's my responsibility for this things to happen. Like I have to do this, this, and this. And God says, no, if you love me, you'll obey me. So it's not about all these works of the flesh that will tire you out. It will be when God speaks, then you obey. And then God will be on the other side. So Elizabeth, they were doing everything right, and yet the promise still never came. But what Elizabeth didn't understand, or her husband, is that John was prophesied 300 years prior by a prophet in Malachi who said there will be a son who will make way for the Messiah, and his name will be John. She didn't know that the promise inside of her was for an appointed time to make way for Jesus. John couldn't come any sooner than when God wanted him to show up on the scene. Listen, maybe you believe God and you're disappointed, and I get it. And you're frustrated and you're afraid to believe God. You're afraid to trust God. You're afraid to put your faith out there again. But I promise you, God will not let you down. He will meet you right where you are at. Some of us are like Mary. Mary just, man, she was, an angel came, says you're going to be born with the Messiah who saved the world. And boom, she was pregnant. Sometimes things happen suddenly and it's wonder, wonderful. And sometimes we have to walk by faith. So I ask you this morning, can you trust God? The answer is yes. But what do we need? I need God's word, and I need his spirit to give me answers along the way. Amen. So I'm going to share with you this morning two prayers to build trust in God, two prayers that you can pray that will help you build your trust in God. And I'm going to share with you out of Luke chapter 5 this morning. And this is such a great story because um, Jesus, there was these fishermen, and they were out on the lake. Um, I always say it wrong. Let me look for it really quick. Good. Gennesaret, Lake Gennesaret. And they were just out there fishing, doing what they do. And they had fished all day and all night, and they were wrapping it up. They were bringing their boats ashore, and they were cleaning their nets, and they caught no fish. And Jesus showed up. Say, Jesus showed up. What I love about this is they were just busy doing what they're doing, and Jesus showed up. And you know what Jesus did? He got in their boat. 
I'm going to tell you today, we need to let Jesus get in our boat. And we serve God from here, don't we? I serve God, I come to church, and I, I love it, but I'm right here, Jesus. Don't get in my business, Jesus. Don't really tell me what to do because I don't really want to hear it. Now, we don't say that out loud, but when Jesus pulls on the heartstrings, our heartstrings, we don't respond to him. Right? So we need to say, Jesus, get in my boat. Get in my business. This needs to be a season where we're saying, God, I surrender all to you. My life is not my own. My future is not my own. All that I am will be all that you want for me. Because in the will of God and in entrusting God is where the blessings of God flow, where the favor of God flow. Sometimes we just need to surrender and give it to God. And this is where we find Jesus in this story. He asked Simon to get in the boat, and he started having a Bible study with those, the multitude that was around. So let's look at John chapter 5, verse 4. I love this. When he finished speaking, he being Jesus, he said to Simon, put out into deep water, say deep water, and let down the nets for a catch. Now, something I want you to see here is Jesus sometimes wants us to get out of the shallow waters of our relationship with him and get into the deep water. It's time to get out of this safe place. How many ever been to the ocean before? You know, it's safe right here. You don't know what's going on in the deep bend over there. I don't know what, you know, sharks or animals. I feel really safe right here. And God is calling us as Christians out of the shallow water. It's time to get out of this mentality where I, I feel safe right here. I'm secure right here. I'm happy right here. I don't need to do anything different. And listen, if God doesn't tell you anything different, don't do it. But I can promise you he is, and you know how I know? is because he's dealing with me too. He's saying, Barb, get out in the deep end. I want you to put your faith out there. We're going to win North Phoenix, Arizona to Jesus. We're going to win the harvest. We're going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We're going to cast out demons. That's going out into the deep end. Shallow is like, thank you for a great service today. That was a great word. That was a great worship. Man, we had a full house. Hallelujah. I'm in the shallow end, and I'm feeling good. Why do you think God shook the church in this last year? Now, God didn't do the disease. You know what I'm saying. But God shook the church. He said, get out of the shallow end. I'm going to make you all uncomfortable. And what do we do? We hung on to everything that made us feel safe. Everything that makes me feel secure. Everything that makes me, I want life back to normal. I want life back to normal. But guess what? It's never going to go back to normal because God shook us. He said, get out of your comfort boat. I'm going to tip this boat upside down, and I'm going to have you trust in me when you can't see me. It's time to get into the deep end. Amen? What is God asking of us that you feel like if you take that step of faith, you feel like you're going to drown? Maybe big, it may be small. Whatever it is, God says, obey me. And on the other side, God's going to blow your mind. So he said, let down your nets for a catch. Say, let down your nets. So go to the deep end and let down the nets. Let him go. And then um, Simon, who was a professional fisherman, was listening to Jesus, who was a rabbi. Simon respected Jesus, and he was a rabbi, and so he knew that he would share the word. And here's Simon having the rabbi tell him how to fish. And he's a professional, you know. And so it's almost like Simon Peter was very gracious to Jesus, but it's almost like he's like, Jesus, I do this. Like, this is what I do with my life, and you want me to go do something that's ridiculous. And so here what Simon says to Jesus, I think very, very respectfully. He said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. 
was he saying, you want me? I've already done this, Jesus. I've already been in the deep end and I got nothing. I've already trusted you, Jesus, and nothing showed up on my door. I've already believed you for my marriage and it got worse, Jesus. And we're struggling with this. And he gave, every, he gave excuse to Jesus, I can't do it because of this. To ask ourselves today, are we holding ourselves back from something so amazing, I can't do it, Jesus, because of this. I can't trust you because of this. I can't obey you because of this. I'm not going to honor what you said, God, not man, what you said because of I've already tried it before. Or what if I fail if I do believe you? What if people think I'm crazy if I have ridiculous faith? You think it's easy to get up in the pulpit and say, we're going to win this city for Jesus, and this place is going to be packed, and we're going to build another sanctuary? That ain't easy to say. But Jesus said, come out to the deep end. Let's go deep. I see what Jesus sees. I don't look at what I see. I see what Jesus sees. I said, Lord, let's do it. Let's do it for you, God. Let's do something crazy and radical that has never been seen in this north part of Phoenix ever, amen. Something special. So God will ask you to do something stupid. Doesn't make sense. It makes you feel uncomfortable. But when you obey God on the other side, there's this blessing. So it's easy to quote, I trust God. But when things seem unreasonable, they don't make sense. Like Matthew 6 says, don't worry about tomorrow. How many of us worry about tomorrow? I'm worried about how things are going to be. I'm worrying about how the economy is going to be. I'm worried about those things. It's easy for me to say, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. He takes care of the birds of the air. And then I walk to the parking lot and I'm wringing my hands. Oh, God, what are you going to do? No, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. Why? Because I'm going to see what Jesus sees. Bless those who persecute you is what the Bible says. But Jesus, you don't know this crazy person that offended me. You don't know what they said. You don't know the false accusations. Bless those that persecute you. Put down your net. But you don't understand. See, we make excuses for the places God's saying, let go. Amen. Let go of unforgiveness. Let go of bitterness. Let go of yesterday. Do you know when the, when the children of Israel went through the, the, the wilderness, they could only collect enough manna, manna to sustain the day. And then they had to get up and anything they tried to, oh, what if manna doesn't fall from heaven tomorrow? It would turn to worms. Because God said, you're going to trust me every day that I will provide manna for you and your family. Sometimes there's God's like, I just need you to trust me, Amen. Trust me when things are, it doesn't make sense. Trust me when things seem backwards and doesn't seem like you're going to be with me. Just trust me. Trust me when you can't see me. Trust me when you can't hear me. And trust me when you don't see results. How many of us are like, just give me a little peek preview, Jesus? (laughs) If I just had a little peek, like somebody sent me a message and said, you know, I was praying for you and God said this. You're like, yep, that's God, let's go. And sometimes you're not going to get nothing. God's not going to give you a peek preview. He's just going to say, this is what you're going to do. And you're going to obey me. Amen. I've learned in my walk with Jesus that it's not the big things you do that create awesome miracles. Sometimes it's the little obedience that affects beyond your wildest imaginations. When I was a youth pastor, I, and I'll be very honest, and the church was like, oh, 
in first service too, but I am not comfortable with homeless street ministry. Now, I've done it, so don't throw darts at me. I have done it, but it, it makes me a little nervous. I'm anticipation of the response, and I feel rejected and all of that. But I knew God said, I want you to take the teenagers to downtown L.A., and you're going to minister to the people there because teenagers need that experience, right? They need to have that time where their world becomes so much bigger when they're outreaching to other people, and they can become grateful. So I'm like, okay, Lord, we took a bunch of teenagers to the Dream Center, and uh, one day the, the guy gathered us together. He said, let's put all our money in, and we're going to get some hamburgers um, from McDonald's, as many hamburgers as we can buy, and we're going to go over to this mall, and we're going to feed the homeless people there. And first of all, I'm like, don't you know teenagers don't have no money? But I didn't say it out loud. But we all pulled our money together. We got a bag of hamburgers, and, and it wasn't something I was comfortable with. And so we pull up to this mall, and it was like a designer mall, you know, with like all the name brands. It wasn't like Arrowhead Mall. It was like, you know, all the designers and big names, like the outlet malls. And I'm like, there's no homeless people here. These people have lost their mind. Well, as soon as we walk up with our bags of hamburgers, homeless people came out from under, the, I'm not kidding, bushes behind walls. They knew we were there to feed them. And I was very nervous about it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take my one cheeseburger, and I'm going to go find one lady, and I'm going to love on her. So I found a little lady that was quiet, kind of sitting in the bushes. And I'm like, hi. You know, <laughs> I'm so not street smart at all. I'm like, my name is Barb, and I just want to tell you Jesus loves you, and here's a hamburger, you know. And the lady snatched it. She began to yell at me, and she totally rejected me. And I was devastated. I was like, I, my, I just wanted to run in rejection. It was, I'm like, I'm just here to love. And it's, I was, it was horrible. But in that obedience, what happened was one of our girls, M M Melanie Prell, um, from our youth ministry, she came to me um, and was around where the lady was. And she noticed that the lady I tried to feed um, didn't have any shoes. And so she said to her, she, she asked me, she said, Pastor Barb, can I give her my shoes? And I made sure she had another pair, and she did. And I said, yes, honey, absolutely obey God and give, give her your shoes. And I'm thinking, ooh, I hope she doesn't treat her like she treated me, you know. But she didn't. She received Melanie. And Melanie put those shoes on her, and you know what? She won her to Jesus. She got to pray with her and lead her to Jesus. Buy a hamburger. Going to a wealthy place, none of it made sense. But on the other side of your obedience, if God says do it, do it. Because you never know who it's going to affect. And of course, my faith and Melanie's faith, we, were, we went back rejoicing. It changed her life forever and mine over the obedience of a hamburger. Amen. It's the small things that God is looking for you to honor him in. I want to open up to Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. And how do we do that? How do we walk in obedience when we have all these things that we're dealing with in the world? And the scripture says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And if you look at that word trust, you know what it means in the Hebrew? It's batach. Okay. It means cling to. When you are going to trust in God, you're going to have to cling to it with all of your heart. And when I was studying this scripture, it made me, I saw a vision of like a boat in, in turbulent water, you know, and it was just like going back and forth, and you're hanging on to the bow of that thing for dear life. You're clinging to that word that God gave you, and you're not going to let it go, no matter what comes against you. Because when you believe, begin to step out by faith in what God told you to 
to do, the enemy is going to begin to rock the boat. He's going to begin to stir things up, and you have to cling to what God said in your obedience. But something that I noticed when I studied this is if I'm clinging to something, it means I have to let go, to, let go of what I was hanging on before. So what are we hanging on to for safety? What makes us feel secure? What makes us feel comfortable? We are holding on to those things as our trust instead of obeying God and clinging to what he has to say in our obedience. And that's difficult, isn't it? Because when you're clinging to what you know, it's your understanding. It's your plan. It's your own wisdom. You, we think we know how to get it done. And God says, no, I need you to let go and let me be God. Quit trying to do it on your own and cling to my word. Cling to my promises. Cling to my plan. But you know what? We've got to quit gripping what makes us feel safe and say, you know what, God? My time is yours. If you want me to serve in church, I'm going to serve in church. If you want me to lead somebody to Jesus, I'm going to lead somebody to Jesus. If you want me to have extravagant giving, I'm going to obey you and have extravagant giving. All I'm asking is you hear what God says and obey. Let go of what's making you feel comfortable and hang on to the faithfulness and the goodness of God. God will never leave you hanging. But I'll tell you what, if you're clinging to anything but trusting in God, clinging to him, it is a, an illusion of security. Listen to that. It's an illusion of security. If you're trusting that job, that job can go tomorrow. I'm not prophesying, so don't worry. But when I am trusting and clinging to God's promise, nobody can fire me. Nobody can get me out of the will of God. Nobody's opinion can matter because I'm clinging to what God said in my obedience and I'm not letting it go. But if I'm hanging on to that boss and that job and that little safety of my life, anything at any time could take that away. Amen? But when I'm clinging to him, I'll never let go of what God says, right? When you're clinging to the promises and you're going through hell and you're overwhelmed emotionally and you're clinging to the promises means I... I cast all my cares upon you, God, because you care for me, clinging to the promise. When I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills and I'm believing for debt-free, God, you provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. I'm going to cling to the promise. God, somebody betrayed me. Somebody lied about me. You're going to work all things together for good because I'm in you, Christ Jesus. God, I feel so lonely and abandoned. Well, his word says when you draw nigh to him, he's going to draw nigh to you. God will never abandon you. Amen. Scripture says he's close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. God says that you, he is our refuge and our strength and our stronghold in time of trouble. We have no reason to be clinging to the securities of the world. Let's get in the boat with Jesus. Let's get that strong tower over our life. Let's put our trust in what you're obeying him for. There is a miracle that is going to blow your mind. And I'm going to show you in Scripture. Amen. I don't know the outcome, God. I'm out in the deep. I'm throwing my net down, and I have no idea how it's going to turn out. Right? But my responsibility is not how it turns out. It's God's responsibility. My responsibility is what? To obey. Amen. That's all I can do. I'm going to obey you, God, and the rest is up to you. There are big miracles coming on your simple acts of obedience. And God will challenge you. God will prompt you. 
Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 5. Let's keep going in verse 6. We're in the same story. When they had done so, what did they do? They dropped their nets. They had caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Now listen, they didn't have, Simon didn't have to throw his net out. Simon didn't have to listen to Jesus. And he'd have went on with his life and he'd have been a great fisherman. But God wanted to show how great he was in Simon's life. That when you obey, I will do exceedingly beyond your wild imagination. You want to catch a free fish, a few fish to meet a budget? Or do you want your boats to be overflowed and nets breaking to change the world and the community for Jesus? What do we want? I'll have a few fish in my boat and be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. But I would rather trust in Jesus. I'm going to cling to him, and I'm going to trust his promises, and I want to see the goodness of God in my life. Verse 7, there was so much fish that they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. How incredible is God? And in Luke chapter 5, verse 9, it says this, they were astonished. At the catch of the fish. For all who were with them were astonished at the catch of the fish which they had taken. What did that mean? What does that mean? God's going to blow your mind. There is something on the other side of your obedience that's going to astonish you. That God says it can't be done any other way until you obey me. I'll continue to bless you, but if you want this supernatural miracle, I need you to obey me. Amen? So number one, my point was, I don't know if I shared it. Number one was, Lord, help me obey even when I don't understand. Help me obey even when I don't understand. Number two prayer this morning is, Lord, help me surrender what I cannot control. Isn't that good? You've got to surrender those things. So what did Simon do? He obeyed God. He let down his net. Something changed in Simon in his heart here, according to Scripture. When he first, Jesus came in the boat, he recognized Jesus as the rabbi. He was a good man, a, a preacher of the gospel, right? But when he saw that miracle by trusting God, the Bible says that Simon Peter fell to his knees before Jesus. And he said, go away, Jesus. I am a sinful man. What happened? He went from being a rabbi to being Lord. And that's what we want from Jesus. He can be the rabbi. He can give you a good word. Or do we want to see him as Lord? And as soon as God meets that abundance, like as soon as God shows up in this miraculous on the other side of your obedience, there's a humility that comes that, God, I didn't deserve what you just gave to me. Here we're out here in the flesh trying to strive and get it and do it. I need this. I need to be recognized. All these things. I need to be promoted. And when you go into God, amen, and you trust him and submit to him, he'll make you shine. And you go, I don't even want it anyway, God. Because that's a heart of humility. So Simon fell to his knees. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore. And look at this. Left everything and followed him say left everything what does that mean to Simon to leave everything he left everything that brought him security his nets paid the bill his nets caught the fish his net took care of his employees but when he encountered Jesus he said I don't want to do it my own way anymore 
I'm going to leave everything that I feel is safe in my life, everything that is secure in my life. I'm not going to try to do things with the flesh. I'm going to lean on Jesus. Amen. And I'm going to leave what is comfortable to step into what makes me uncomfortable. Amen. It's uncomfortable to give our tithes and offerings, isn't it? It's uncomfortable to have extravagant giving. It's uncomfortable to be relied on to serve in a department in the church every Sunday when you don't want to show up on Sunday. Guess what? I can tell you the truth. I don't want to come on Sunday sometimes too. <laughs> Welcome to being human. <laughs> but when you are committed to the house of the Lord in serving, you have a responsibility to show up at that post. And then you're so glad you did because God blessed you, blessed the children, blessed somebody that you got to pray for in the parking lot, got to bless a marriage over here, made a new friend by your obedience. Amen? Hallelujah. So leave everything. So what am I going to do? God, I'm giving everything to you, my security, my future, my bucket list, my plans. I've learned that when I wait on God, God pays the bill. I wanted to write a book for years and years and years and years and just didn't have the resource to do it. Could have did it in my own flesh, I suppose. And then I met one lady who, on a phone call through Facebook, ended up helping me write the book. I never paid a dime for the book and never had to pay for anything to promote the book. Because that's what God does when you wait on him. Now, you can do the world and struggle and struggle, but when you wait on God and when he says go, when he brings in that divine appointment, everything begins to work out to God. But what do we see here in this story? Two things that they did. The first one was they had to let them down, right? Let down the nets. What is that? I'm trusting you, God. I'm in the deep end. I'm out of the shallow. I'm going to let it down by faith. But then once you encounter Jesus in your obedience, then you lay them down. I want to lay it down now, God. I want to walk away from what I think I need in my life, and it's whatever you want in my life. Here I am, Lord. Whatever it is, I'm available. And listen, God's not going to call you to Africa or some, you know, don't worry like you have to go on some mission trip and give it all away. No, but I am going to hear his voice. I'm going to follow him. And when he says, break that friendship off, I'm going to obey God. Right? If he says, whatever it is, just trust him on the other side. His grace will be there in whatever he's telling you to do. Now, if it was man saying you should be doing this, I would, I would have a red flag. I would, I would say don't listen to that, right, unless a confirmation came, that kind of thing. But listen to God in this season. He's speaking in a still, small voice, right? It's this still, small voice. All right, so let's look at this. Help me surrender. Okay, he let us, okay, let me go down. So when you surrender, it's not easy. You may take a big step of faith, and you may wonder, God, where are you in this season? Where are you, right? And even though you're going to trust God again, and you're going to believe God again, all you have to say this, God, even though my heart is hurting, my hope is not broken. My hope is not shaken. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. But it's okay, God, I'm not going to be shaken. I'm going to trust you in your time. I'm going to trust you in your way. And I'm going to obey you. You have to let go of the things you can't control. You can't make your helpmate be a better person. You have to be the better person. Right? You don't have you got to let go of the things that you don't have the power to control. But you do have the power to surrender. Let's surrender. 
I can't tell you the times I've walked through this sanctuary. Oh, Lord, this church is yours. <laughs> Surrender. I want no responsibility, God. Only you, Holy Spirit. Some of us need to walk and pray in our houses. Surrender your helpmate to the Lord. Surrender your children to the Lord. Surrender your fear and, and unforgiveness and all those things. Just surrender them to the Lord. And God will be with you on the other side. Psalms 20 verse 7 says this. Some trust in chariots, and I'm wrapping it up. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. What does that mean? Some put their trust in the economy. Some will put their trust in who's running the government. I can tell you this. I don't know if I said it this service. If I did, you get it twice. But ever since the creation of man, man has tried to come against God. Did I say that in this service? Okay. So ever, look at the beginning from Adam and Eve. The, and then the Tower of Babel. Kings, they've always tried to be better and greater than God and have their agenda on earth. Quit worrying about what's happening in the government. Good, bad, ugly. Honestly. Do our part. Do what you know to do. Vote, pray. All of that is our right. But as Christians, we cannot be worried about what's going on in the world. It's a distraction. Amen? Amen? It's a distraction. If God took care of from the very beginning to today and we are still here in 2021, we will be here in 20, 30, 40 more years. God is in control of the, of the government. God is in control of every decision in our life. Amen? We've got to let that go. This whole year of the, of the world has made us look so outward in fear instead of looking upward into Jesus. Get our gaze off of it. Get the news. You hear me. Do your news. Know what's going on. Don't be stupid. But I'm not going to bend my fear to it. I'm not going to put my trust in it. No way. I'm going to keep my trust in Jesus. Amen. So whatever, whoever's running this world in 10 years is still in Jesus. Amen. It's always going to be in Jesus. Let me close with this. I'm going to ask you this question. When did the miracle happen for Simon Peter? When did it happen? At the end of his disappointment. Listen, he pulled his boats up. It was over. He was cleaning his nets. There was no hope for a miracle. And Jesus showed up. Don't give up. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on the promises, the things that you're believing the Lord for. Hang on, amen, because it's not over. Say, it's not over. Don't grow weary while doing good, amen. You will reap the harvest. Hang on to that word God gave you. If you've been obedient, then just stay in that lane and remain faithful to see what God is about to do. We need to let go of what makes us comfortable and cling to God, amen. Okay, let's go ahead and close our eyes. Father, I thank you today for this amazing church, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to have everybody look at me again real quick. You know, as pastoring in this season, I'm just going to challenge your hearts because, you know, you're here. Is sometimes the word is going to hit us in areas we don't like. Okay, and there's a, the word talks about that in the end times they're going to be having itching ears. People are going to want to hear what they want to hear, but a pastor has a responsibility to tell you truth. 
and it may cut and you may not like it and it may make you uncomfortable and that's okay. All I'm asking you is just take it to the Lord. Ask him, say, God, why did that cut me? Why did that offend me? Why did that trouble me? Because God allowed that sort of the word to poke something that needs to come out. Amen? And that's good. We want God to do that in our life. So ask the Lord if that, if that really, and I'm not saying this even happened today, I just feel very led to say this, is that a, a good pastor in this time especially will tell you truth. And that's what we should be craving. Amen? We should crave truth because it's the truth that sets us free. And the world has said it's love that sets you free. And love can be a lie because truth is what sets us free. Truth may offend you, right? It may offend, but it does set me free in the end. And that's just where our hearts need to be, amen? So always say, Lord, let the word, let the word challenge my heart. If it makes me uncomfortable, okay, I'll go wrestle with you a little bit. Don't take it out on me. Talk to the Lord about those things. And I promise you, God will work you off of those things. Amen. Maybe you're here today. I know most of you, but if you need Jesus, today's the day to do that. You need to come back to the Lord. Today is the day to do that. If you just say, Lord, there's some things I'm hanging on to, let's let them go today. Amen. Let that be your assignment with the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm letting go everything that makes me feel safe. And I'm just going to let you be the Lord of my life. Amen. So I want to have everybody repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus. I'm asking you, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Have your way in my life. Not my will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I love you all so much.